Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back, queens. We have Sam Abbott on today. Sam is a registered dietitian nutritionist who helps those with PCOS ditch diets, improve insulin resistance, and balance hormones without feeling guilty or stressed about food. She runs the Instagram account PCOS.nutritionist, which is where I found you. It's great. <laughs> where she gives free tips and support around PCOS nutrition education and also runs the PCOS Freedom Program, a complete program for improving hormone balance without a side of diet culture or weight stigma. Sam is passionate about empowering people with PCOS with the knowledge they need to improve their hormone imbalances and live their happiest, healthiest lives without dieting. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Yay. That's going to be a good one. Thank you both so much for having me. You hormones, non-dieting, this is all stuff that I really want to dive into. So let's get to it, right? Yeah. Okay. One of my biggest things about polycystic ovarian syndrome, I should kind of define what PCOS stands for. Um, let's first do a little education. Many believe it's a disorder that strictly affects the reproductive system, but I know it's much more than that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it is and how it impacts kind of our whole body system? Yeah, definitely. And you're right. PCOS is very well known as being a reproductive disorder. Oftentimes it's diagnosed when people are struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. It is the leading cause of anovulatory infertility um, in women. But like you said, PCOS is so much more than that because it's an endocrine disorder and a metabolic disorder as well. Well, it stems from the endocrine system and can affect metabolic health. We know that PCOS can increase the risk of type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, endometrial cancer, fatty liver disease, and it's also associated with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And why, again, that was my sort of situation too. I have got diagnosed at the age of 32. So Sam, what do you think is mm-hmm. going on that women, girls are being missed with a diagnosis and again, I always like, it would have been nice to have known, you know, a while back. Right. <laughs> and yeah. looking back, I had a lot of symptoms. So what's going on Same that women that. are like, it's it's so long before they get the actual diagnosis. Right. Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. One, I think there's just still a huge lack of awareness around PCOS and kind of a lot of discussion around the diagnostic criteria. Another big piece of things is that a lot of times, especially when you're younger, one of the main symptoms or a big red flag would be lack of period or Mm -hmm. an irregular period. And a lot of times when that happens, a provider will just suggest birth control without digging a little deeper to get a formal diagnosis first. So once you're put on birth control, 
even if you're having a regular bleed, that's not a true period with ovulation. So it kind of masks the underlying problem. I mean, birth control is obviously a way to manage PCOS, but it kind of masks the problem. And so then when you stop taking birth control and you're trying to conceive, you're kind of left with the original problem. Yeah. And I think in my case, which is a whole nother problem, was that I was a pretty competitive athlete since I was young. So I was having inconsistent periods that my PCP just assumed it was because of competition time versus PCOS. Mm -hmm. So actually, they didn't really look into either of it. It was just like, okay, well, that's normal. Or that's probably right, what's like, going on. So yeah. normal, the dreaded word. You you brought up diagnostic criteria. Just for our listeners, could you go over what some of that would be? Yes. The diagnostic criteria, most people use something called the Rotterdam criteria. Diagnosing PCOS, I should first say, is really a diagnosis of exclusion, mm-hmm. meaning that you're really digging deep into other things that could cause irregular periods like thyroid issues, or like you just mentioned, hypothalamic amenorrhea, where an increase in exercise or undernutrition or even excessive stress can mess with cycles. But the diagnostic criteria, there are three pieces and you only need to meet two. So the first piece would be irregular or missing periods. The second piece would be polycystic ovaries on an ultrasound. And then the third piece would be elevated androgens, either with labs or just going by signs and symptoms like excessive hair growth, hair loss, especially around the top of the head, mm-hmm. acne, things like that. And so you only need to meet two of those three pieces of criteria, but your provider should also be eliminating other causes of an irregular period as well. That's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that think they have to hit all the laundry list of those symptoms that you just said, but only two. That's new to me. I didn't know that. I got educated today. (laughs) (laughs) Two out of the three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to my other soapbox problem (laughs) with PCOS. (laughs) So when it comes to treatment, and Sam, I'm so frustrated. It's not just PCPs, but, you know, I work with clients that struggle with infertility, with have a diagnosis with PCOS, and the first go-to is diet and lose weight, which leads, again, without a lot of education on what that means and how to do that. So what's the problem there? Why are docs still focused on the restriction piece? And what are some better ways to treat PCOS? Yeah, I think that that's a great question, and this is obviously my soapbox as well (laughs) because my whole business is really centered around this. I think that providers are so focused on the restriction piece because medical care in general is just really weight-centric. I mean, even outside of PCOS, I feel like anytime there's, (laughs) there's any type of medical condition, whether it's high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, you know, the focus is on weight instead of actual behaviors. And weight gain can be and is oftentimes a symptom of PCOS, especially when insulin resistance is involved, which most of the time with PCOS, it is to some degree. So anytime somebody is having a symptom of weight gain, it just seems like the focus is on weight when really weight 
is an outcome that may or may not be within our control. Mm -hmm. And I think this is super problematic because what I see a lot in practice is that when someone is really concerned about losing weight, a lot of the times they're focused on restriction. So either restricting nutrition or over-exercising or feeling like that's so overwhelming that they're not even going to try anything. Um, so in yeah. either of those situations, that can be really problematic. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with a client, they're under eating. And, um, you know, you asked what are, what are some better ways to treat PCOS and really omega-3 fatty acids can be great. And I find a lot of times when people are counting calories or restricting, they're really avoiding fats altogether. Mm-hmm. And then with insulin resistance, we really want to encourage people to include protein and fat with meals and snacks. That's a great way to prevent those spikes in insulin. And again, when someone is really restricting calories and not eating enough, they're usually missing out on all of that. Mm-hmm. So protein and fat, and just kind of for the listener too, again, we're looking at the symptoms of PCOS, the insulin piece, the hormonal piece, and therefore, fat and protein is helpful to steady some of those blood sugar levels, insulin levels. Is that how it's helpful for P- PCOS specifically? Right, right. A lot. So we should probably kind of skipped over this in the beginning, but PCOS is really seen to be a condition of excess androgens. So androgens are those male sex hormones that it, it's normal to have those in smaller amounts, Uh, but what we see with PCOS is an excess of these. And so then this stands in the way of ovulation. This can be really inflammatory, and this is really the root issue causing a lot of the pesky symptoms with PCOS. So with many people, what we see is elevated insulin levels, and that can cause the ovaries to produce extra testosterone, which is an androgen. So really the focus with PCOS at improving symptoms um, would be addressing the elevated insulin levels and then also decreasing inflammation because PCOS is a a really inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. So the nutrition piece of things, we really focus on decreasing inflammation where we can and then also improving insulin resistance. Gosh, I, I noticed a couple words I did not hear. Cut out. Mm-hmm. She didn't say cut out carbs. Cut out, no. She didn't say cut out dairy. No, cut Sam out hasn't gluten. Said that yet. Okay. Just just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think something really important to keep in mind is that we we know from research that any sort of behavior change that's focused on restriction really does not <laughs> does not help long term because that can be really hard to stick with and when we look at health overall we really need to be thinking about not just physical health but emotional health and mental health and if you're always focused on restriction and cutting things out and cutting things back surely your emotional and mental health is going to suffer because of that And this is also why we see, you know, an increase in eating disorders, especially binge eating with PCOS, because the focus is typically on restriction and it just doesn't really help long term. 
What kind of things do you, so I, I'm going to kind of tie this up together. So being a sports dietitian and an eating disorder specialist, I see a lot in my practice with eating disorders, but through my years as a sports dietitian, I actually saw a lot of athletes that struggled with amenorrhea and then eventually would get tested for PCOS because they just didn't look like the typical symptoms, right? One was a cross country runner, one was a track. And then the story came out a couple of years ago where they banned, was it the South African sprinter? Sure. Because she was, I mean, yeah, yeah, because her testosterone levels were too quote unquote high. And I think about like where some of that trickle effect of almost like body shame or body image because of the higher androgens that they tend to be stronger female athletes. And then uh, two years ago at the female athlete conference, there was a presenter that actually said 30% of female athletes within power-based sports have PICOs. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and that's, a silver lining, if there was anything positive about having PCOS, a silver lining could be that we do see strength training as being really beneficial for PCOS. Mm. So, you know, strength training and building some muscle mass can improve insulin resistance. So it's an interesting crossover there. One of the places I worked at, they had a uh, like binge eating support group. And at one point, I think she said, you know, oh gosh, like the incident of PCOS and binge eating is almost mm-hmm. like 65, 80%, depending on what research you pull. Mm-hmm. Sam, how do you navigate gently, the gentle nutrition with PCOS and somebody that is diagnosed with an eating disorder? Well, I think it's really important to address the eating disorder first because <laughs> it's really not appropriate <laughs> to be giving somebody a lot of nutrition education if they're really struggling with thoughts and feelings around food. A few recommendations that I have is to, number one, make sure you're eating enough and make sure you're eating regularly throughout the day. That's really important. And then also encouraging balanced meals in the sense of trying to have some carbohydrates, fats, and proteins with meals and snacks. And that's a really great way to just stabilize blood sugar a little bit. And if somebody has elevated insulin levels, they're probably going to feel hungrier throughout the day. And the more they skip meals or try to restrict food or either cut out carbs or not include protein or fat with meals, the more this is going to backfire and probably make someone feel hungrier. So really trying to have some balanced meals in that sense while also making sure somebody is eating enough and eating regularly, that's a really great starting point. Great. Thank you. I I really appreciate the fact that you said you have to address the eating disorder first Mm -hmm. and then focus on that. I think so many of our listeners needed to, to hear you say that. Thank you. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is this is why my whole program is weight neutral is because it is almost impossible to address an eating disorder when you have someone in the background telling you that you need to lose weight for PCOS. And I think this is why people who have PCOS are just at such a high risk of having an eating disorder to begin with. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking, again, the women that I'm working with Again, they will do anything to get pregnant and have a baby. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. there's that 
even if doctor might not be saying it, they'll go down the rabbit hole. I mean, again, it's just that fear that drives them to have some control and then sure. doing something quickly mm-hmm. emotionally, which is like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to go on a diet, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, <laughs> because medical care is so weight-centric, there seems to be a lack of a comprehensive evaluation with labs. I think a lot of times the advice to lose weight is just really, really harmful instead of really pinpointing exactly what's going on. And I especially bring that up in this discussion with your podcast, especially because I do see a lot of athletes misdiagnosed with PCOS and they actually have hypothalamic amenorrhea. Mm -hmm. I could see that, the crossover, Mm -hmm. right? Which... Yeah, that has to be really frustrating for the athlete and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you have someone who's already an athlete, may already be very conscientious about nutrition. Yeah. They really don't even have PCOS. They have hypothalamic amenorrhea, and then their provider is telling them they need to lose weight. It's just really detrimental. Sure. And then it goes down to like restriction and vitamin deficiencies. And especially with PCOS, some of those can be really helpful and needed. So share with us more about the work you're doing in the PCOS community and how people can work with you and the PCOS Freedom Program. Can you tell us a little bit about the Freedom Program? Yeah. So PCOS Freedom is an online program that includes independent virtual learning modules, and then we also have a private Facebook community for extra support as you're going through the motivation on the program, if you need extra motivation and support as you're going through the program. I also offer office hours in there as well. So I basically describe the program as like PCOS 101 without a side of diet culture or weight (laughs) stigma. So in the program, I'm talking about the actual research giving you credible information, supporting all participants as they are working to improve hormone balance while also maintaining a healthy relationship with food as well. We walk through how to improve insulin resistance, how to decrease inflammation. I talk about gut health in the program because that's important. I teach everything from a gentle nutrition standpoint and encourage food flexibility We also talk about labs and supplements as well. That's good. I like a lot of the lingo. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want no side of diet culture. No side. You can keep that. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that away from my order. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so that's right now, that is the way to work with me. I'm getting ready to open the doors to PCOS Freedom again in April, and I'm offering a group coaching tier this time around. So if somebody is interested in the program, but they feel like they need a little bit more support besides just independent learning in the Facebook group, the group coaching option would be a good choice for them. And I'm going to see how that goes. I'm expecting it to go well because people have been asking for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's what I offer. And then also on Instagram, though, I give out a ton of free education. I host weekly Q&As where you can submit a question and I pull some to answer. Um, So I love connecting with people on there as well. Yeah, it is a great resource. And again, that's how I 
found you and have been following you, and you've got some good stuff out there. So she, she Instagram stocks. She gram stocks. Oh sure. I learned you don't say <laughs> you don't say Instagram and let just gram gram, gram yeah. stocking. Gram stock. Well, I have a problem. With we that. all do. We all do. <laughs> I think that's the point of the IG. And we'll be sure to get you more stalkers. We'll put your yeah. your contact on there and your your group coming. So. Sam, while you're busy oh, tackling you. all these misconceptions around Picos, how do you live out the fit philosophy, trying to balance performance, health, intellect, and having some time for self? Yeah, well, if you've been following me on Instagram, I've kind of shared a little bit about this journey. But last July, I got COVID, and I've been struggling with some lingering symptoms like fatigue and breathing problems. So... Right now, I'm just trying to take care of myself, do what my doctor tells me. I had started walking again. I got a stress fracture in my foot. So I'm going to start physical therapy, and I've just kind of hit the pause button on everything else besides just taking care of myself Mm -hmm. and hopefully trying to overcome these symptoms. Oh, we'll be thinking of you. Yeah, for sure. And again... This this thing is a crazy thing, so I'm sorry to hear that, and yet, like, it's such a needed thing to take care of yourself and pause. And I know, I'm sure you're like us, it's really hard to do that in our life when we're busy Yeah, I admit, I women. suck at it. <laughs> you suck at pausing. <laughs> I suck at pausing. I think a lot of us do. I think <laughs> that's been the problem. This yeah. <laughs> I I really struggle with that as well. And I used to do one-on-one coaching and offer multiple groups. And I was, you know, working 50 or 60 hours a week. And truthfully, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thrived off of it. And then after this, mm. I knew I just kind of had to take a step yeah. back. And that's that's why I love my program, because I can still work with people and help people in that capacity, but also take care of myself at the same time absolutely yeah. i think that might need to be a shirt i suck at pausing, pausing. like that sounds like something <laughs> well, add that to my to-do list thank you <laughs> <laughs> make me some shirts send one to sam sam we wish you the best of luck on your recovery and i hope it keeps just getting better we're gonna put some information out about the pcos freedom program that's coming up and we appreciate you being on Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting with you both. Oh, Absolutely. You too, Same. Have a good one. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, Queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, Queens.